it's six of the best for United. And you have to say, they are starting to look like the best. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Manchester United podcast. Hello. Hi, Sam. Hi, mate. Hi, Maisie. <laughs> yeah. Get off your phone. Sorry. I'm just Googling some uh, facts and stuff, yeah. Oh, no, I, yeah, oh, I was oh. on it. Uh, I'm Such great. a professional. I'm, I feel great because we just had a bike ride. We did. I encouraged the two guys to come on a little cycle with me because when you're in the Netherlands, you have to get on a bike. So yeah. that's what we did. Yeah. And Maisie... You were a natural. Well, you know, doing a few uh, few wheelies and some bunny ops. Yeah, just text me back to me days. Of, uh, and your BMX, a as and you your told BMX, me. BMX, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We also both gave uh, producer Tasker a backy. Yeah, yeah, that really slowed it back down. I was flying <laughs> at that time. You looked very wobbly when he was on the back of your bike. He was wobbly, yeah. He looks wobbly. It's nice to be on tour, little podcast tour. tour. Yeah, it's, it's really nice, fun. isn't it? Pull on tour. Because I, I missed the last tour that you guys did. Yeah, when we went out to see um, Jesper. Yeah. Yes. I missed that one, little baby. Yeah, I wonder what this guy will bring us. Jesper well, gave us Well, hopefully you can tell us lots more, Maisie, because someone that you know very well. Yes, he came to the club in 98. Yep. Yeah. And uh, left three years later with a bag full of trophies. I, I sort of forget that he was only there three years because he's someone people talk about so much and I remember so fondly. But like if you say to people, what's your best man at 11? Yap Stam is always one of those centre-backs. It's so rare that he wouldn't be picked by someone as one of the starting centre-backs. And to think that someone had that impact at Manchester United, like the biggest club in the world, and was only there for three seasons, is remarkable. And even when people talk about centre-backs now, very often they compare them to Yap Stam. Yeah. And he left the club, how's your maths, 2001, yeah, we're now on 2022. Yeah. Well, he won the league in 98, 99, 99, 2000 and 2000, 2001. Yeah, so he left in 2001. Yeah. Maybe one of the players where the uh, the manager probably regretted getting rid of him at such a, an early point. He said, isn't he? He's, he's yeah. said a few times that it's one of his One of his, one of his, uh, one of his regrets, yeah. yeah. But a hell of a player. So let's get the big man on. Here's Yip Yap, Yap Stam. Yap Stam, welcome to the United Podcast. Thank you. Obviously, we were just having a conversation, and this is the start of the podcast, but we were just talking before the technical elements of this were set up, and you were telling us that actually Yap is short for Jacob, which is your name, yeah. and that when you were younger, you used to be called Yappy. Yappy, yeah, yeah, and that's like the smaller version of Yap. So when you're, a sm when you're very small, you know, when you're a kid, well, and even when you're an adult, basically, when you call, sometimes they call you Yappy, if your name is Yap or Jacob. And then when you're growing up and people respect you a little bit more or they look at you and they're thinking, well, I'm not going to say yappy now. They call you yap. <laughs> big yap. Yeah, big yap. <laughs> it's hard to imagine you as being small. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what everybody's saying. I'm not, the, to be honest, I'm not the biggest now. I'm only one, what is it, 190? But that's what, that's six foot three. And, 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 and they say Dutch people are like tallest in, in the world. Mm-hmm. In really? A, on average. I did not know On average that. is what they're saying. But again, just to clarify, depending on what, like, so in England, people still go with, like, feet because our systems are a mess between the Imperial and the metric. Yeah. So it, it's still six foot three, though. I think so, yeah. An average height is there is, like, what, 5'11", maybe? 5'10", for a man, something like in that? In England? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so, yeah, over here it's, like, six foot, six four, six three. Yeah, so... Yeah. So here's a yappy, then. So I am, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
No, but that, well, that's that's I think the same in the UK as well, isn't it? You know, you get a certain name. Does, like anyone, call, does anyone call you Jacob then? No, hardly. My mum did. Mum, she was still alive. She always called me Jacob. So everybody, so I hated it. And when I was a kid, because Jacob is not the most like well, most invented name in terms of that's like my oh, little, that's a beautiful name. My little boy, that's his middle name. Yeah, but in English, to be honest, in <laughs> English it sounds different. Yeah. In English, it sounds quite quite good. Quite nice, yeah. Quite nice. But in Dutch, Jacob, you speak out oh, like this. Yeah. It sounds hard. It doesn't doesn't sound like <laughs> a Jason or something like that. It's hard to <laughs> to see Yappy against like the hard man image you have in football and yeah. now, before you very quickly dispel it and say you know you were just playing the game and like we're talking now and you seem like a very lovely man I but i was at the i was at the treble reunion game for the 20th anniversary yeah and you yeah. were smashing people that yeah, day yeah yeah sometimes it gets in your head doesn't it <laughs> and you're you're still thinking you're like you're like 25 or something like that and you want to run but the running gets a little bit less and the physical part, when they get close to you, you can still keep that up a little bit, but it's always nice. It's always nice to be on the pitch and it's always nice when you play against, well, the other, the other players, the other teams. And, you know, it's in your, uh, it's in your blood. It's, it's how they call it, isn't it? You know, when you're on the pitch, then you forget certain things and you still have the feeling that you can do everything. But while in, in, well, in, if, if, well, if, and, and if you look at us, then it, it doesn't work always like that. When you say look at us, you also say you look amazing. I'm looking at David now, yeah. (laughs) Cheers, yeah. (laughs) So what have you been up to over the last, uh, has it been tough over the last couple of years with COVID and stuff? It's it's been tough. Uh, Well, at first I've been been a coach, of course. I've been working over here in Holland. Uh, Before that in Reading, of course, as you know. Then I went to the US uh, the last two seasons. Uh, With COVID, it's been hard uh, being being by myself, basically, in the US. Mm -hmm. Um, well, you, you can't do, you can't travel, uh, playing in empty stadiums, trying to work on a club that's still in, in progress of like building to go somewhere. Uh, so it's, it's not been the easiest. And then coming back now, um, well, it's nice to spend time with the family and waiting for a new uh, opportunity. So you guys were separated. You didn't see your family for how long? For almost a year and a half. They, they came over for, for three months um, because of paperwork. They couldn't stay, they needed to go back. And I couldn't go back to Holland because when I went back, to, if I was going back to Holland, I wasn't allowed to go back into the country in the US because of my paperwork wasn't being organized. So it was a shambles, to be honest. Too. Was that really difficult for you? Spend, yeah, it, yeah, it is difficult because I am a family man. I like my family, I like to have them around. Yeah. Uh, especially when you're working on the job and things are not going as you want, mm. want it to be. Uh, it's nice to be at home to talk to somebody at least and to, uh, well, to, to do something different as well. And you know, well, probably as well, when, when you speak to co- other coaches as well or, or players, if you're working in, in, in football, when you come back home and there's nothing else, you're basically, you're only thinking about football and you're still thinking about oh, the team, about the players and what to do, how to change things, uh, watching uh, clips, games. Uh, so continuously you're like working and, and no busy with the job. And, yeah. uh, and it, it sometimes it makes it harder. Yeah? Mm-hmm. One thing we can't ignore about your time at Cincinnati was when you joined and their social media team put a picture of just a random bald man. That was the start of, well, how it went basically. <laughs> so it started off well, doesn't it? Somebody else from the, from the IX Academy was on the, uh, I thought they were taking a p- in the beginning because I just signed and then it was, they said, you're, they, they're going to announce it this afternoon around three o'clock. And then somebody texted me uh, a, a picture. He said, is that you? Are they taking a p- 
I said, what do you mean? I haven't seen it. Yeah, well, I have a look at Instagram. I have a look on the uh, on the website. And then I was looking at it, I was seeing some total different bald guy, you know, Brilliant. on uh, on the Instagram or on the internet with like my name underneath. And I thought, oh man, if this is the start of the uh, of the job, then it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a tough one. And it and it was. And, do you enjoy and, though? Well, it's it's nice to be a coach and it's nice to work uh, with players. I like that very much to be on the pitch mm -hmm. to improve players as an individual. But also to yeah to to help the team and to to make progress and that that's what I like in, in in coaching. So in a way, it's it's nice to to be and work with these players. Although they're not always the players that you choose to work with, but still, you it's your job to improve them, and that's yeah. that's what I like. At the end of the day, uh, I'm I'm also there to get results because that's that's how I was as a player. You want to get the well the, the max out of your uh, your career as a player, but you also want to do that as a coach. So you want to make steps. And if that's uh, it's not going well, it's not going quick enough, or, or it's harder to do because of uh, certain reasons, then it's yeah. uh, frustrating. I did read some quotes from a very long time ago when you said you would never be a coach. Yeah, you had to swallow those words, unfortunately, when you did go down the coaching path. What was it about that time when you thought, no, that's not for me? What changed? Uh, because I've got nothing else to do, basically. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, but it's, um, I think when you start playing football and then, and when you go into the job and, you, and you, you're developing yourself as a player and you play with a lot of different personalities, different players, and, and also different coaches. As a player, you can see that coaches are changing. So you see that their mentality at times are changing because of, how he wants to work because of his personality, because of the players he's working with, because of the players are changing. Mm -hmm. uh, the players are not doing what he wants. Uh, players are always complaining basically about everything. Players always think they know better than uh, a coach or a lot of times. So that's why I thought this, I'm not gonna like, I'm not gonna be in a coach. I'm not gonna go into coaching because it's, I don't wanna handle with these players, you know, because they think they, they know everything. But then at the end of the day, when you go to, to the end of your career as a player uh, and, and young players are joining your team and you're helping out these players to become a better player and, and by coaching, by telling them what to do and they pick it up and you see them developing, you're thinking about, okay, well, maybe it is something that I can do after uh, after football. And then when I uh, when I stopped playing football, I ended my career over here at Ajax. Um, the first six months, I didn't do it. Well, I didn't do anything. I just wanted to relax. I need everything that I could. <laughs> and then uh, this club, Peg Swaller, Swaller, they phoned me up because there was uh, big problems within the board, the coach uh, and everything. And they said, well, can you help them out? Do you want to join the team? Uh, not to be like a full coach, but just two, three times a week just to help them out and, and, you know, help the players, give them a certain feeling, some instructions. And then also for yourself, you can train with the, with the, with the players as well, with the team. And that's what I did. And then at, at the end of the day, you're working from, uh, with small groups of two, three, four players, like all the, all the back line and everything. You start working with more players and, and at the end, well, after a couple of months, a whole team and you see the team is developing. You see players are feeling comfortable. It's also the feedback that you get from, from people saying, okay, you know, that you need to go into coaching because it really sticks with the players and with the team and what you're mm -hmm. saying and what you're doing. And then you need to go for your, for your badges. And then, then I started good doing my, yeah, my badges and everything. And then you need to make up a choice because when you're into coaching, you start developing your own philosophy of how you want to play, how you want to work, what you want to do, uh, how you want the players to uh, take up position in, in, uh, on the pitch to make a difference. And then when you're working with a coach, 
as an assistant and you're thinking, yeah, well, the coach is saying this, he wants to do this, but I, I would have done this. I would have mm -hmm. done it a little bit different than you need to make up your mind and, and saying, okay, now I want to go being a head coach myself. And that's basically how it went. And that's how I started my, uh, my career, hopefully a long career as a coach. So that's the coaching path. But what we want <laughs> to know one. about is the player. So how did that journey begin? What was life like for you growing up? Are we, because we're here at, we're at Zwolle now. Yeah. Is this the area you grew up in? This is um, where I grew up as, as a player over here where we are now in the stadium. This is a new stadium being built uh, on this exact spot. There was the old stadium as well. Uh, and that's where I started my first, uh, well, uh, yeah, first games as a professional player. But what about I before lived, that, I, lived, when I you lived in Kampen, that's about yeah. 15 kilometers, 15, 20 kilometers from here. So, and of course, you know, uh, I played in the amateurs. There were no academies at, at the time when I played in the amateurs, there were no academies like there is now with mm -hmm. kids, you know, joining. So uh, the amateur football was at a quite high level as well. And when you're doing well, um, yeah, the, the professional team, they pick you up. And, and they, 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 the scouts come along and then they watch you play. And at the end of the day, you may need to make your choice to, uh, to go and join them or not, or stay in the amateurs. And was and, football and, your big passion? Yeah, but I, I never thought until I, I went into the first team of the amateur team when I was 16, I joined them. And they played at the highest, highest uh, level of the amateurs in Holland. I never thought about becoming a professional football player, basically. And and, uh, and at that time, when I when I played in the first team, I enjoyed myself. I did very well. Uh, people noticed me. I, I knew that, and there was some interest. But I never thought about joining a professional football team. What position were you? As a left back, right? Left full back. So they just wanted me to attack. You can so swing your left foot. Well, well I, 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 at that time I was a little <laughs> bit better than I am now, basically. <laughs> but, no, but that's how it goes, you know, because yeah. I, I played always when I played in the with the youth teams. I was playing in midfield because, I, like I said before, I was one of the smallest, and I was quite was quite okay with the ball, to be to be honest. And then uh, the first team coach he said, "Well, you need to play as a left back because of my pace." He said, "You know, you can you can attack, you know, down the line and get that ball, and then you know, playing in front of you, just run and, and you know, pass it in front of the goal, and then uh, people try to score." And that's how I made my career from left back, went to right back, played my first season over here as a professional as a right back, and then I joined. After one season, I joined Cambuur uh, Leeuwarden. That's up north, about uh, eighty kilometers. And the coach over there, he, uh, he started playing me as a centre-back. Mm. Wow. What about school, stuff like that? What was you like as a kid? Was yeah, you a good kid? Or I, I went you, to school. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> good kid? That's and always I, good. No, I was a, I was a good kid. Uh, I always outside. Have you any brothers all, sisters all, yet? I've got three sisters. Yeah. All older are? Yeah. All yeah, older, okay. yeah. I was the uh, the only boy, so I got spoiled. I got four mums. Everybody said, "Yeah, please get spoiled." <laughs> and that's that's how it was, to be honest. And uh, but that's how it goes as well. When you're but where young. you grew up, good area or no? It was it was a good area. Yeah, yeah, nice area. It was a nice town, nice place where we lived. You know, a lot of friends, always outside playing playing football. Mm -hmm. So I enjoyed my uh, yeah, enjoyed my time. Family, not a rich family. My fa my father was a carpenter. Mother was a housewife, mm -hmm. uh, not a lot of money to uh, to spend. So that's why sometimes we spoil our kids as well when you earn a little bit more than you say, sure. okay, well, of course, of course, because you know you had, well, well, you had nothing back in the day when you were living at, uh, at home. Yeah, and, and then, and then of course, we moved over uh, over here, but um, but my, my childhood was, was good. Um, school was okay. Uh, went to a technical uh, school, studied to be an electrician. 
you need to choose at that time when you went when I went to school you need to choose where you want to go to or now if I look at my kids they can choose everything or mm -hmm. you know there's so many different uh, choices for them to make difficult choices as well in what they want to do in, in my time they, they yeah you can say okay I want to do like yeah it's it's of course different schools in Holland than it was than it is in uh, in the UK but um, I chose to be um, because my father was a carpenter I wanted to do something with my hands as well uh, I thought it was easy as well for me to do that and um, electrician that was it for me at the time but then of course Swaller came as a, as a club and I joined him and of course everybody at that time or everybody around me they said well you know you need to you need to focus on your school you focus on your study yeah. basically that that's how it went I think with a lot of football players who went into professional football in uh, at a certain age and you need to finish your school because you never know if you don't make it you need to have your well you need to get your career as well in uh, in what you're trying to achieve uh, when you're in school but um, I looked at it from from season to season, from year to year, and every year, and that's what I said as well. You know, I can always go back. So so, and I knew myself in, in how I was al already at that time, in my uh, yeah, in my personality that I always want to try to get everything out of it. And there's always there's always people who are against you or not against you, but um, are always having a lot of criticism against you. Like I say, well, he's not going to make it. Yeah. Or it's going to be hard for him. But it's you need to give everything yourself. You need to. I think, and that's what I tell my kids as well. You need to go for it if you if you're really fond of it and you really want to do it, and and you're thinking that that's for you to uh, to do or to get your career. Then I think you need to have a go at it, and that's what I try to do. And every year, I made a step, and and every year I went up higher to a higher level. At the end of the day, I joined Macy at United. Did you end up doing like an apprenticeship anywhere? You know, like like in England, where they got the youth team? No, well, no. Yeah, yeah, I did. When I was over here at Zwolle, after uh, six months in uh, in the winter, I went to Sheffield Wednesday. Trevor Francis was the manager at that time. Right. And, and uh, they uh, they asked me to uh, to have a trial over there. So I stayed with them for a week, week or 10 days. And uh, they asked me after that to come back. And, and I said, well, it's, I liked it. It was nice, the club yeah. and, and everything. The experience was great. What uh, age was you then? I think I was eight, 19, 19. 18, 19. And, and I said, well, first I want to settle myself and do well in Holland, you know, to see if I can, can reach the highest level in Holland yeah. before I want to make that step to a big, uh, a big club as Sheffield Wednesday was but you at did, the time. But you didn't do an apprenticeship or anything like that, cleaning boots? No, oh, sorry, no, 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 I didn't do that. No. No. Was that your idea to stay, to stay here in the Netherlands or was that uh, somebody giving you a bit of advice or had you seen people go abroad and fail? No, you always, I, you I, I always spoke of course go. to my, to my, to my family as well, to my dad as well. Was your dad a footballer? Yeah, but not on a professional no, uh, level, you know, an amateur football as well. You know, yeah. he, he was a forward, a striker and, and he loves football. Mm -hmm. So I, I always spoke to him about what to do. And of, when you go into professional football, you get an agent as well. You know, people are knocking on your door as well yeah. already at that time. But for me, because I just came from the from the amateurs and went into professional football, you know, I, I, I had something in my mind like, okay, you know, first I want to do well and want to establish myself over here in Holland and see how it goes. And then, you know, maybe there's a next step. Um, to go to, to Sheffield was, was purely as, as an insight look for myself to see, okay, how is it over there? How's the level? Um, for me already at that time when I went over there to, it was already like nice to, to see the UK first time flying, first time in a plane. So all new wow. experiences, uh, <laughs> you know, so it's, uh, so, so that's been, that's been very good. But at the end of the day, 
I think uh, as a player and, and, and things are changing as well because players now, the steps they're making, is it's going to go very fast. Sometimes I think too fast mm. because you never have the time or they don't give them themselves the time to, you know, to, to, well, to prepare properly to at the end of the day become a, a good player uh, and, 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 and always be consistent in what you, what you need to bring. And that was my first goal at the time when I was playing over here. I am going to jump ahead though to 1996 when it all paid off because I am conscious that we haven't even hardly mentioned Manchester United. No. The big uh, break for you was at PSV. Was that your childhood club that you supported? No, I always supported Ajax. Okay. <sighs> big move but, then. Um, yeah, but it, you, you, you don't have a choice as a player because there's always when you're a kid you're always supporting a certain team that you're thinking okay this is my team that you feel you feel close to because of where they are and how they're playing the type of players what they're having and as a kid sometimes you you might have your dreams about okay maybe it would be nice to ever play for them but sometimes the opportunity is never there and when i um went to because i went to swallow then cambure willem too and then uh, after six months, Willem II, PSV, she was showing interest because they had injuries and they needed uh, to have a defender. Ajax didn't have interest, Feyenoord have interest, Celtic had interest at that time as well. Uh, and then you need to make your choice. And, and then, yeah, you can always say, yeah, no, I want to wait for Ajax, but that opportunity might never come. So uh, there's a big, cl big club. It was the biggest club in uh, one of the biggest teams also in, in Holland at that time, PSV. So for me, it was easy to say, okay, I'm going to go over there and, and play for them and then hopefully make the, the national team and hopefully do well for a couple of seasons and then uh, make a step to, uh, to a league somewhere else in Europe. And is that where you won your first trophies? Yeah, yeah, it is. And what was, was. that moment like when you like winning the league here and becoming a champion? Yeah, that, 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 well, that gives you a special feeling because um, as, as, a, as a player, you go into sports to uh, get the max or the most out of it and, and win trophies. And, and uh, in my career before PSV, you, you, I played for smaller teams, so you never get close to winning trophies. The only trophy that you can win is, is improving yourself to eventually make that step to a higher level. And that's, that's what I have, I've done after Willem II. Then, then I went to PSV. And then I think in my first season over there, we won the cup. So that was already a, a nice achievement. Then I, I um, get, uh, got selected for the national team. So that was good. Uh, and then the season after that, we won the league. So that these are all uh, good things. And, and in, I think in that same season, um, I won the trophy for best player in Holland. So, so at the end of the day, you you start developing yourself and everything becomes uh, easier for you. For my, well, became easier for myself as a player as well. And you're winning trophies. And then, yeah, if, if you have that success, winning trophies in Holland, establish yourself in Holland as a player, doing well in the national team. Uh, then for me, that was the, the sign as well to say, okay, maybe now there's the moment to go to, uh, to Europe uh, and, and to join a big club to, to show myself in Europe. Was anybody up that you used to look up to and think, I wouldn't mind playing like him or did you just have your own style? I had my own style. I always liked Jan Wouters. Do mm -hmm. you know him? Yeah, yeah. He played, of course, in all of that Ajax and he played for Bayern Munich. Um, he, I liked him. He wasn't a centre-back, he was a midfield player. Yeah. But I liked him because of his mentality. He was at Rangers, wasn't he? Yeah, he was yeah, at Rangers yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah, I yeah. with him for a month. Yeah, Love because I liked his personality and, and how, he, how he was. And, and um, 
And that's the funny thing, well, the funny thing, but that was a good thing for me. When I went to PSV, he was a player over there. Mm -hmm. So he was a midfield player over there. And he was one of the few players who gave me a b***ing already then, <laughs> when I just joined PSV. But these but are the played, You'd have played with him in the national team as well, wouldn't you? No, not in no? the national team, no. No. He stopped playing, he I think. For, he, yeah, he retired then for the national team, but right, he was okay. still playing at PSV. And then um, because of everything went well in the previous team, I went to PSV and I was still quite young on experience at, at that level. What age would you have been then? I was 22, 23. Yeah. And then, and, and then, and then Jan, yeah, he was really on top of me as, as, as a young player. And now you see it's totally different with the players, with the, the, everything's changing, how players have been being approached. But for me, that was good because uh, then you're working with players who already established themselves at, at a high level yeah. in, in what you need to bring. And you can learn from them and you need to be open and, and, and yeah, take their advice as well. And that's what I did. And that helps you, I think, it helped me out as a young player to, what, what uh, to become have, a better player. What would he have taught you at that age? Cause what, what age would he have been? He'd have been 30, 32? Yeah, something like that, yeah. And what, what, what sort of things would he have advised you? Well, in, in, in how to play, because because when I, uh, before I joined uh, PSV, when I was at Will uh, Willem II, I, I did, with, well, in, you know the Dutch, you know, they want to do everything. Every yeah. every player needs to play good football. So also when you're playing at the back as a centre-back, mm -hmm. you need to be able to go forward and score goals as well. So you need to dribble, you need to give your yeah. passes, you need to get past players and everything. So when I joined PSV, and at PSV, they were top of the league at that time. They were one of the big teams in uh, in Holland. Uh, they played Champions League. They went for the trophies, for the trophies and everything. So we, you need to be more more um, clinical in, in the things that you're doing. You need yeah. to, uh, you, you cannot take as much risks as, as I've done before, uh, instead of like, you know, you're getting pass plays from, from the back and then, you know, uh, taking a lot of risk in your playing. So yeah. he, his advice was a lot to me in, in like, in stick to your game. First thing, what you need to do is you need to defend. That's why you're here. You're a center back, you know, you need to take out your striker, you need to do well. And if everything goes well, then of course you can bring something extra to the, to the team or for the team or to yeah. the game. Even only if it's been asked from you as well. So mm -hmm. you, you need to follow advice and you need to follow instructions that's been given to you. There was a, there was a very simple thing that we uh, that I remember from him. We had a friendly game at the training uh, facilities, and um, there was a throw in. Throw in. I was playing as a right back, and I had the ball, and I threw it in in front of him with a bounce, whatever. And because yeah. of a bounce, he needed to, needed to control it. And there was a player in his back as well who was very tight on him. He lost that ball, and they had a counter attack and almost scored. Mm -hmm. So he gave me a about you know throw, giving that that throw in in like throw it on his feet yeah you know so he and in one touch he can lay it off to somebody else or he can ping it forward you know these are simple things but it sticks into into mm -hmm. your mind for the next time when you get into the same situation and i think these yeah, these are simple things but but good things for a, an experienced player to to give to young players as well Amazing. You've talked about that quite a lot as well haven't you like almost a football hierarchy in the changing room yeah it seems to be disappearing a little bit, would you say, now more a days than what it was whenever you guys played? I always go back to when I was at Blackburn and I always remember playing with Frank Stapleton and I, I always remember one of the first things, Frank was coming towards the end of his career at Blackburn and um, played for Arsenal, played for obviously United and he came to the club and the first thing he said to me, I rolled the ball in slowly to him mm -hmm. and the first thing he said to me, you make sure that ball gets to me wrap it in as that you know hard mm -hmm. it's up to me to deal with it if I can't deal with it no. then that's yeah, that's yeah. not your problem yeah, yeah. and from that day I used to do exactly the same thing whether it's to Shearer to mm -hmm. Newley to Cantona to whoever it was wrap the ball into them mm -hmm. and it's a similar thing no it, it's it's um, 
in, in the, the teams that I've I've been working as as a coach, as a manager myself as well, you as a manager manager, you're always asking from certain players that they're demanding of the players around them as well. Yeah. I, I think every player needs to be demanding. Yeah. But uh, you expect experienced players that they know what it is to be demanding. And uh, at, at a lot of experienced players that I've worked with as well, they even don't know what it is. And that's why, why is it? I think there's maybe there's a shift in, in cultures as well or in, in approaching the game of, of football. When, when we played at United together, um, when things went wrong or we didn't play that ball in well enough to each other, uh, we would tell each other. And there was sometimes discussions or mm -hmm. there, was, there was always uh, somebody telling somebody else what to do. Because, why? Because you want to get everything out of it yourself. You want to do well, you want to perform. Uh, and you need to be demanding in every position in what you need to play better. Yeah. But if I'm demanding to you and you are demanding to me or to somebody else, it's like a chain reaction. Mm -hmm. Whatever everybody becomes uh, on or is, is, is yeah, how do you say, walking on, on their toes. Yeah. Everybody is, is sharp, focused in what they need to do. So at the end of the day, you get more out of the team. Now, and how the approach is, um, experienced players, all the players, they say to young players, oh, well, he knows. He knows what to do. He knows he made a mistake. Uh, and I'm not saying that you need to give a to all the young players, but you need to tell them what they need to do so they perform better, but also you perform better. So also you are doing better on the pitch and, and you can perform better. If you look at the game now, if we're talking about United, and that's my only looking from outside. And of course, it's sometimes an, as, a, as, a, as a pundit or whatever, or as, you know, it's, it's difficult to see because you don't know what the coach wants. Because if you know what the coach wants and then you can see things not happening, then you can say, oh yeah, but the coach has said that and it's not happening. So this player is not, is not willing to do it. So that's always, so always yeah. you need to take something a little bit, you know, but um, sometimes when you see them play, players are not demanding to each other in, in what they need to do. And the, on the other hand, I can say, sometimes you look at the players on the pitch taking a position, then you're thinking, I cannot believe didn't, a coach or didn't somebody tell this player to take up different positions because then it makes it easier for him, you know, to get on the ball, to open up, to play forward or to put some, somebody else in, in a scoring position or yeah. in a position to go forward. You know, uh, it looks like sometimes players, well, you buy players, you pay so much money for them um, because you paid this amount of money for the player, he knows what to do by himself. No, that's not the issue. That's not the case. That yeah. doesn't work. Like, like this, the, the coach needs to instruct the players in how to take up positions and what to do and how, what's the plan defending, what's the plan going forward in philosophy. So it makes it easier for them with the qualities, what they're having to make a difference. So you come out on top every time. That's, that's how it needs to be. And that's sometimes, that's my opinion from, from outside, that's not happening. And that's, that's what I find uh, hard to see with United at times now if we're talking about them. But also that's, that's what I find with players because they don't sometimes use their own brain, um, but also they can they can help each other out a lot more, and and they can be a lot more demanding uh, to each other. And why are they not doing it? I don't know. Are they afraid? Uh, people are uh, getting weak at times. Are they afraid? Okay, he's shouting at me. He doesn't like me. No, that's not how it is. It's it's like he's shouting to you because he wants to get more out of you so he can perform better as well. And after a game, okay, you know, you talk about it maybe for two, three minutes and then you go again. 
And then there's next game or you go out and have something to eat or have a drink together. That's how it works in football because it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not anymore about it's your hobby or whatever. No, it's your work. It's your job. So you need to know exactly what you need to do to, uh, to perform well. Let's talk about Manchester United. Can I just butt in there? Please. Before, before we talk about the big money transfer, that would be a good point to mention the time that you got Maisie in a headlock. <laughs> <laughs> you were still friends after. Well, we always are. No, but yeah. That, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maisie, go on, explain the story. You have told us well, a number of times a lot of for people our know avid that. listeners. I, I was one of the jokers in the, in the pack. Really? Yeah. And, no. um, yeah, this particular moment, I, I've, I've had a go at Yap on the back of the bus and he just comes over and just gets me in a headlock and yeah for the next two or three minutes I was I was close to blacking out <laughs> but um, yeah no matter how many times I was tapping my leg and tapping the chair and tapping him he just just held me there and I, I couldn't move no. maybe he thought you were saying yap and you were actually saying tap yeah, <laughs> yeah. yappy come on <laughs> no but that's it but yap's yap's absolutely bang on you know I think one thing we had as a squad was a togetherness that you don't take things personal. If I'm having a go at Yap, Yap's having a go at me, we're having a go at Gaz, Ronnie, Keeney, whoever it is in the, in the squad, it's for the benefit of the team. And that's all it is. And it wasn't, it wasn't only the first 11, it was everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it was also, also the guys who are like not always, always playing. It was everybody and everybody was like respected for that as well. So mm. it was not like now sometimes you see the first 11 or the starters, whatever, they're allowed to say something and the other ones are not saying something because I, yeah, I'm not starting. I, I'm not allowed to say anything. No, when we played back in the day, yeah. you know, everybody, uh, even the other players who are maybe not regularly starting, they were like shouting at me or at others as well and telling them what they needed. And everybody was well, well respected for that. And I think that's how it needs to be as well. Yeah. Because I think that's, uh, that's a very good thing. But going back to the headlock, because Macy is, he was, he was always there to wind everybody up. Mm. And sometimes, because I'm now we surprised. spoke about it before, sometimes, you know, when you never think about it anymore, but now when he, when he <laughs> mentioned it, you know, things popping up, popping up back in my head as well, because I know, and most of, most of the time they start and then before they're already, they've got like somebody in their head, like, okay, we're going to, we're going to wind him up. Which, and then they're going to like a keeny or whatever. Yeah. Oh, they tap each other and then all this, they're starting to make comments about you and I was amazing, amazing was sitting here and I'm sitting there and they're starting to make comments, hey, up, uh, and they're saying all sorts of things. <laughs> and they knew they could wind me up because at the end of the day, and in the beginning, you're like, okay, I'm not saying anything. And then afterwards, you're like, okay, now it's my Good for time. Character. Now character it's my building. time to react. Character building. Yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> so you actually do remember that moment? <laughs> yeah, now, now, I, now I do. Yeah. Now, Can you remember what you said? I don't remember did, what I said. I just, I, just, I just grabbed him probably. And, like, <laughs> and everybody saw me coming. So most of the other ones are like backing yeah. off and amazing sitting there by himself. So, okay. Turn white. Yeah. Oh, so, so go funny. on. How did your move to Manchester United come about? Did you have other options? Did you find out early that they were interested? Yeah, we... Um, yeah, well, I found out the year before that, that they were interested. Everybody read it as well, probably, that, that Sir Alex like... I phoned my agent a couple of times and I spoke to him as well. That, uh, yeah, they, they were like showing interest for me to, to join them. And then at that, and in that season, the season before I joined them, uh, I said, well, I'm not ready yet. I want to, I want to stay. Um, I'm in the national team, world cup's coming. Uh, so, so I want to stay in Holland first and then hopefully next season, maybe there's another opportunity and then, uh, maybe I'm, I'm ready for it. 
and then I also signed a new deal in the last in that last year because the clubs the club knew that okay there's interest from yeah. from from the UK there's interest from Italy um, from Spain and um, we need to renew his contract so uh, so we can ask more money for uh, for the transfer. And then the year after, well, only six months after, um, because I started to to develop, I started doing well. Um, United came again. They phoned. Uh, I needed to talk to Sir Alex at times on the phone, which was quite quite hard after a game of his Scottish accent and everything. So I wasn't used to that. So uh, so I was already sweating, you know, every Sunday <laughs> Sunday evening. And when we played, and we and well, even if we we want to lose, doesn't matter. Then I knew when the phone rang around seven seven in the in, in the evening and I said to Alice to my wife I said you pick up the phone and then and because I knew it was Sir Alex and I was like so he phoned every Sunday evening well not every game but quite often really just just how it was but then you know the first season I didn't say well I said that I wasn't ready for it yet so they had time to you know to follow me to see did, every did game did you have that conversation with the gaffer that listen I'm going to stay another another 12 months no my agent told it that yeah. Time. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's so. a it's a big decision that if the opportunity was there. I don't know. We've had many people who've told no. us they thought I'm just going to wait a minute and just see. Very yeah, composed. but that's that's the thing. I, I've done everything uh, on my my feeling as well. Mm-hmm. And at, at that time, I really didn't felt ready yet to make that step because United is well, it, it was and it is one of the biggest clubs in in the world. And you're joining a big team with great players. Um, first. Um, for me, it was a challenge over here. Well, not a challenge, but for me, it was important to to do well over here in Holland and to show myself. So I was really ready to make that step. And uh, and yeah, I said, and, and that you need to you need to know yourself as well. I think as as a person, you need to know yourself and what you can do to eventually make make a next step. And then uh, there's always, of course, the the possibility that you get injured and everything. But um, you don't think about that. Or at least I didn't thought about that at that time. And. You know, so I, I I told them to to wait if that was possible, and then then the season after uh, and the six months after, I said to the club at PSV that yeah, I'm ready, I want to leave. So they like yeah, what well, you just signed a new deal three mm-hmm. years. So I said yeah, I know, but I'm ready, yeah. I want to go. And then you get what, what other clubs they, were interested then? You say Spanish clubs, Italian. Yeah, uh, Inter, uh, Inter Milan was was interested. Real Madrid at that time were, were interested. We played Champions League. We played Newcastle at that time within mm-hmm. the group. We beat them twice. Uh, played well in all these games. So there was a lot of interest from 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 Europe that, that wanted to, so, uh, so, to sign me. So why Manchester United? Because I always loved United as a, as a kid, as a kid, and and grow going into football as well. When you're going older and you're watching more and more football on telly as well, mm-hmm. and uh, there's the English league was being broadcasted over here as well. And you know, when you watch and you look at United, uh, especially uh, you know when they showed interest, you start looking even more yeah, at their yeah, games. Yeah. You try to, and you're following them and looking at the plays while they're. You know, and then, uh, well, dreaming at that time, yeah, dreaming about, okay, maybe it's going to happen again. And um, at that time, when when they showed interest, when my agent phoned me and said, well, yeah, listen up, United phoned me again. They uh, they really want to sign you this season. What do you think? I said, yeah, well, if, if the possibility is there, then we need to do it. So it would be great. And then Sir Alex phoned and, uh, as well. And that's, the, for me, that was, and that's, I think that that was, that's a big one as well for, for a player. If you really want to have a player, yeah. Then it's important that the manager is showing interest and and, and explaining you what uh, what you want to achieve with that player in your team and how how you see the whole picture, and that's what he did. And uh, yeah, and then 
I was like fully focused on uh, on them to to go over there. When he phoned you on the Sunday evenings, what what kind of conversations? Obviously, he was asking how the game went, but yeah, would he have seen those games, or he just literally wanted to know your perspective of? Uh, the well, game? his his uh, his brother, uh, he was a scout at the mm-hmm. time, uh, of course, for United. Uh, he he was, I think, he he's seen all my games, mm-hmm. even the bad ones. Because no, but that's I think that's an important one, and even sometimes from bad games you can get even get more out of it than the good games from a player. And why? Because because uh, the scouts can see how you react and what your personality is. Because you can lose a game, or the, the you can have you can have a hard time with the striker that you're playing up against at times. Because uh, yeah, there's 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 never a game that you're always, or never a season that you always play consistent every game there's always ups and downs even in, at the highest at the highest level but the thing is as a player you need to react in a certain way if things are going bad or if you're losing or if you're having a hard time it's about your mentality how you try to how to yeah work yourself or work that that uh, the opposition to to come out better and and at least get a better result or at least get a better uh, better feeling for yourself in ending that in ending that game so they've they've seen all my games and 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 I think that was for them that was very important to make the choice to sign me because they could have gone of course easily for other players as well if if they see a bad game but um yeah they they stuck to it and um and Sir Alex, yeah, he phoned me then after every well not every but after quite a few games on the Sunday and then I went up to the bedroom sitting all by myself because I didn't want to hear anything else because <laughs> yeah, I wanted to focus, focus on the voice <laughs> like in what he said so uh, and then the conversation didn't didn't it wasn't long it was like only for a couple of minutes and then then I was like I was already like starting to sweat everywhere and then, <laughs> then that was it I was happy after that for a week there was some peace and quiet yeah. So when you finally got the deal over the line, do you remember going to Manchester and going to Carrington and Old Trafford and meeting your teammates and seeing everything for the first time? Yeah, well, the first time I've I've seen the players was in Norway because we played in 98. We played World Cup with the national team. We went to the semi-finals, uh, and, and uh, United was already in uh, in pre-season and they went to Norway. So from and, and my, uh, our oldest daughter, she needed to be born. So she was in, was it induced? You call mm-hmm. it induced? Yeah, I read that earlier. Yeah, that yeah she, she needed to be yeah. induced. And uh, and so she came earlier. So I had 10 days after the World Cup. I had 10 days to get uh, our first daughter. And then afterwards we needed to go back to, well, I needed to go to Norway to uh, to join the team. So and then, yeah, and then you go there, Jordi Cruyff was there. So that makes it at times a little bit easier as a, as a fellow Dutch-Spanish guy as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, but to be honest, um, when I've, when I joined up with the team, everything went by well. Went quite easy, you know. They uh, they helped me out with everything. They uh, believed in me. Um, even even in the first couple of months were hard. Um, you know, they they stuck with it. Um, you know, I I've, I've been growing in confidence after a couple of months, and I established myself, I think, as a player within that group as well. What do you remember of Yap arriving? Huge. Just, yeah, just a just a powerful lad, and you thought, obviously, when players come in your position, you always try and judge who they are, how good they are. But as soon as you walked through the door, you knew the pedigree he had and how good he was. And he was, we touched on it earlier, and I think Helen, that you, you look at past centre halves over the last twenty five years, maybe thirty years, and he'd be top two, three out of them all. Mm. Mm, not top one, uh-huh. two or three. No, top putting themselves in, oh. in the top three. <laughs> so you know, Yap, Rio, 
Ronnie and probably Vida. You'd put those four in the best over the last 30 years. And yeah, certainly one of them. Mm. Yeah, what we were saying earlier is so many players are compared to you even now when United sign centre-backs. And that's 21 years ago you left the club. But the fact that people are still compared, people still say, oh, he's no Yapstam or he's no Nemanja Vidic. Mm -hmm. It's testament to you and your time at the club. What was your first impression of Maisie? <laughs> Don't you know, look. <laughs> no, I, 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 no, 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 I'm just thinking about um, of, of uh, your, your previous question about when joining the uh, joining the club, joining the team. Uh, my first impression of Maisie was like a really uh, a good good guy uh, with a lot of quality, but very willing to help everybody out. And and to to get everybody to uh, to get into a certain feeling of of camaraderie or, or how do you call it about about yeah. you know getting every, togetherness creating togetherness by by my uh, uh, Maisie showing his quality but also as as a person being very important for the uh, for the group you know because he's saying yeah you know I was one of the few like making jokes or whatever he and together with Butty and Giggsy of course as well you know but it's 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 very important to have not only um, good players or, or centre backs like Maisie as well, but also uh, people who get everybody together by uh, having a certain sense of humour, and but also and not always like being there to be like uh, the guy with the humour, but also uh, talking about uh, yeah about football, but also saying things that are uh, helping other people out. Because for me, coming into the UK. Uh, yeah, you can say okay, it's only an hour flight, uh, an hour flight, but it's a different culture. It is different people. It mm. is a different language. Uh, you need to get used to how people are working, or people are, are, are communicating, uh, how, how the training sessions are, how the games are, how the league is, um, how people are looking at you as as a player, and all these questions. You know, something. Yeah, and and, and yeah, you, you talk about it, or you make comments about it, and and. Uh, it's not like okay, we are, we, we want to talk about this. We go into a room and we have a meeting, serious meeting about it. No, sometimes in the in in the locker rooms or whatever, you know, you you, you get to certain items where you that, that you want to talk about, and then you know, you, yeah, some some things are created by itself, and and you talk about okay, you talk about the players, you talk about individuals, you talk about the opposition, you talk about their individuals, you talk about life in general, uh, how how it is in uh, in Manchester for myself, uh, uh, you name it, and and I think Maisie was uh, in, in the years that I've been for United was very important uh, for me as well. But I think for everybody within the club in, 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 what, he's, uh, in what he's done. And, some, and sometimes, yeah, sometimes you get underestimated by, uh, because not everybody sees that always. What did you? Um, what difference did you find from PSV to? We're not gonna. We're not gonna brush straight past that straight away, are oh. we? We're just gonna let that settle. That was nice. He does the same nice. job for our podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got a little WhatsApp group. He's always in there with the jokes. <laughs> what did you it's think? Um, yep, coming from PSV to United, did you find anything training-wise different or mentality-wise? Training, training was was uh, was different. And when when I'm talking about this, then then of course mentality. Uh, is a very important part of this as well yeah. because uh, in, in in Holland you always say you play how you train. Yeah. That's what so that's what they're saying, mm -hmm. you know. So you need to train hard if you want to play hard, basically, and 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 yeah, or you need to train well if you want to play well. Uh, in a certain way, that's 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 the truth. If you if I look uh, at United when I came over there, the training sessions. 
uh, were good. Not long, uh, an hour, maybe mm-hmm. an hour. Good session, uh, no tackling. Uh, Sir Alex said at the time, most well, majority of times. Uh, but possession games were good. Small games were good. Other drills were were okay. Um, but not really intense that you, we can say, okay, you know, they were really hard. But then you get to the to the uh, mentality of the of, of the players, of the team, of the of the people. Yeah, then you see that um, you know because on Friday we always did bench football, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Young the old bench Viold. football, 20, 25 minutes. Yorkie and Coley came. 10.30 start, they, they, they came in <laughs> 10.25, the 10.30 they were on the pitch, you know, uh, 10.15, uh, oh no, 11.15 we were done, uh, 11.20, uh, 11.25 they were back in the car, back home. <laughs> uh, that, no, but that's a responsibility that you get, but at the end of the day, um, mentality is then very important that uh, on the Saturday, if you, if, you, if you need to play, that you can give everything and that you're fully focused on, on performing. Maisie and a few others that we've had on from your time. It's, it's the first time I've heard someone say, Sir Alex said no tackling, but people always talk about those Fridays before games and how they were intense. Do you remember that about Friday training sessions, especially ahead of games like Liverpool and we City? We for the yellow jersey. Mm-hmm. The yellow jersey. Yeah, the yellow yeah. jersey. Yeah, yeah. Can, you can give somebody else the bib, <laughs> you know, so you can pick somebody from the other team. So that's why sometimes the sessions were intense as well. Yeah. The well, yellow jersey is actually in the, um, in the museum. Is it? All yeah. the names on the back. Yeah. Yeah. That was, as I just touched so there. So yeah, yeah, So you hold the... No, no, no. So the winning team would pick the worst player on the opposition, whether it's, you know, Nev, Bex, Boy, Giggsy, whoever it was. And then the end of the week, or the ne- the Monday, the name would go on the back of the shirt. Okay. And the worst thing you'd want is obviously your name, and you got the yellow jersey. It got feisty at times, you know. Sometimes Kiddo or Steve McLaren just go, "Right, that's it. Ten, fifteen minutes done," because lads are just wiring into each other. Because. For our listeners, not from England, wiring into each other. Yeah, just, <laughs> yeah, just smashing into people. Yeah. Because. And that was the intensity it was, that you didn't want to get that yellow jersey because the next Friday you'd have to wear it in training. So that's where you'd have to wear the yellow jersey with your name on the back. And that's in the museum? That's in the museum, yeah. yeah. Because normally, normally it's about, yeah, the worst player, they pick the worst player. Yeah. Sometimes they pick you for a different reason, but yeah. normally it's for the worst yeah. player of the opposition. How often did either of you have it? I, was I very think rare. I've never had it. No, I've, I've, maybe once a couple or of twice. times. Maybe yeah. once or twice. Yeah. Yeah, I think everybody had it. Yeah, yeah. You think at some point over the course of a season, everyone yeah, had it once. Yeah. That would be fair. And that is all you're getting for this part of the conversation. But don't be annoyed with me because part two is coming next week. Same place, same time, all of the same stuff as you would always do. The podcast will be there with the rest of our conversation with Yap Stam. Here's a little taster to get you in the mood. I was I was hoping to end my career over there, but it's like I said in the beginning, you don't always have the cho- have the choice. Yeah, I've I had the choice. I could have said I'm going to be staying on Thursday morning, eight o'clock. I said I'm going to go to uh, to the office. I want to talk to the manager. I went there. Uh, conversation was not very very nice. So I said, well, I'm going to go. I'm going to leave. I'm going to go back home. And then my agent phoned me in the, in, in, the, in the car and he said, well, where are you? I'm in the car. We spoke to uh, Sir Alex and yeah, well, he's going to call you back. They sold you. And, uh, and that's, uh, and that's how, it, how it went. And then, then I, I hang up the phone, Sir Alex phoned me. Where are you? I said, well, I'm, I'm here because I just left. Yeah. You, you know, I'm on my way back. And uh, he said, well, stop over there. I'm uh, going to come to you. I want to talk to you. So he came in, he st- stepped into my car at Tesco's. 
and uh, and then he he told me that yeah they they agreed uh, to uh, to a fee that Lazio have uh, had offered and the thing is there as well they 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 also could have bought me back a year after huh? they didn't do that as well. Mm-hmm.